I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Welcome to She's the Boss. Welcome to our New Year's Day episode. We are going to do some recaps of some of our favorite moments um, that we have had with some of our guests the past year. Yeah, an epic 2023. I can't believe that we've been doing this for, what, nine months? Yeah, that's insane. Sure, Yeah, so the first things that we're going to um, recap are some of our funniest moments. So, <laughs> can't uh, be all of them. It can't be all of them. <laughs> this would be a really long episode. Of course, y'all are probably all off work today. Never mind your business owners. Um, favorite laugh, Kim Lyons. Yeah. Yeah. Or Caitlin snorting. So, wait, me? Yeah. <laughs> We have, we have quite a few oh, bloopers I'm yeah. going to add in. No, Kim has the greatest laugh and she's going to hate that we are saying this right now because she, I think maybe a little bit self-conscious of her laugh, but I tell her all the time, your laugh is infectious. Yes. It's contagious. Yes. It's great. But we had many, many guests on where we were laughing so uncontrollably. Like, yeah. remember the one I couldn't even get my composure. You're like, you were crying still laughing. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. (laughs) So enjoy these funny moments from 2023. Um, I don't like filling out paperwork, Mm -hmm. but I did it. Um, And it's thorough. (laughs) But I really appreciated that you would be inquisitive. Like I wrote stuff down and you were like, okay, when did this start happening? Where do you feel it? Like you wanted to pinpoint exactly what was going on. Right. It wasn't just like, okay, come in, lay on my table. I'll fill you out, whatever. And then do my thing. It was like, you wanted to know everything down to like my bunion. Can't forget the bunion. I know, yeah. But just, and I was just like, I don't know how that's relevant, but sure, let's throw that in there. You know what I mean? Are we going to add that to our reel for this one? My bunion. (laughs) You guys. I'm sure there's some people on Instagram that love that. Stop. This is like such an insecurity of me. It's the ugliest thing in the world. I can't believe I even just announced it. That's okay. I'm insecure about my hands, and that's literally my moneymaker is my hands. Why are you insecure? I got fat fingers. When I was in school, all of our professors were like, when you guys get engaged, ladies, make sure your rings are like one size too big. And thank God I did that because my fingers did get bigger with practice. <laughs> mm, I wonder if that's a thing. Apparently. So, I mean, they're strong. Okay, well, we'll take a picture of your hands and my bunion. <laughs> this is getting a little PG-13. <laughs> For the OnlyFans page that we've started. <laughs> Caitlin, we might be onto something. <laughs> oh, gosh. But no. Yeah, can I- okay. So I just slid in DMs. I sent a... I sent a message and I was like, you know, we have all these mutual friends, blah, blah, blah. And we talked, hit it off. Fantastic. It went really, went really well. But I was like, you know, how do I said to my parents, like, how do we know this family? Like the name sounds familiar. Long story short, our parents played on like a uh, co-ed softball team together, like an adult co-ed softball team together. And we had probably met or crossed paths oh, wow. as kids. Wow. Yeah. So lucky they weren't like, actually, that's your fifth cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Funny you asked. So yeah. Weird. <laughs> it was that family reunion oh when you were God. 10. That's great. <laughs> so thank God for that. Yes. So, but at the time, I was like, I need something that can move. What if we go out yeah. of the country? What do you love about it? 
dental hygiene. Yeah. I've always loved the dentist. You know, people uh-huh. I hate the dentist. That is no. so bizarre to me. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm enjoy like, going to the dentist, but I just wonder, is it like a, like, I really enjoy um, popping pimples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. And same. I, Kim's going to throw <laughs> up. So weird. My teenagers hate it because I'm like, hold still. Yeah. Oh yeah. I want to get in there. Lucas, yeah. leave him alone. I told my husband it's a form, you know, it's a form of self-care. Like I'm grooming yeah. you like the, like, yes. like, like a chimpanzee. Yes. They, and they, <laughs> I, have you seen that? Um, you know what I'm saying? The new documentary, yeah. The Chimp, Chimp Empire, I think. I haven't, but I have seen. They like seen. don't groom the outcasts. They like don't groom. <laughs> so uh, the ones that they don't like, they don't. So I'm like, they're like, I'm sorry. This you is because I love lo- you. Yeah. This yeah. is a love language. Yeah. <laughs> but do you enjoy like, you know, scraping plaque so, off? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very detailed. Uh-huh. Um, I've always liked going to the dentist, even when I was a kid. We had an awesome pediatric dentist there's toys everywhere and i always thought the dental hygienists and the dentists were so cool mm-hmm. like in their cool outfits yeah and- <laughs> so i've always liked it i just can completely like that drill see sound yeah. no actually i don't but mm-hmm. i do like going and i yeah because like you're not that good of a painter <laughs> so- <laughs> and they're right i mean i'm glad it, it worked out this way but i don't I'm- know have you seen some of the art people pay a lot of yes. money for i'm like yeah mm, i'm pretty sure my three-year-old could have done that right yeah <laughs> it's i guess it's in the eye of the beholder yeah so but yeah oh my god it was when so you're yeah. young i thought i was gonna be an fbi agent. oh my yeah. gosh that's great i wanted I to be it. a csi crime yes i did i know a private detective yeah. i mean we were probably all watching law and order 100 csi oh i love those shows yeah 2020 but, dateline but i so close <laughs> same same but different if you've listened to our episodes, you know, there's many moments where we're like, you got to grab a box of tissues for this one. Yeah. <laughs> so we're women. We're pretty incredible. We go through a lot in our lives. Yeah. A lot of stories, a lot of vulnerability, um, which I'm so grateful for that we've been able to have a space that people feel like they can share those things. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to look back on and grab some tissues for yeah the um the stories that fuel people to become who they are are very inspiring and guess what we all have crap in our lives yeah yeah (laughs) but um you know some people are use it to overtake them and don't move forward but all the people we've had on here have used it to move forward and are really inspiring so we hope you enjoy these inspiring stories so my family's originally from Liberia. It's in West Africa. I was born in 84 and the Civil War broke out in 89. Wow. You're doing the math, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we had to get out of there. So we spent about 10 years as like individually displaced people all along the coast of West Africa. And then we made it here to the U.S. in 1999. Wow. And so every refugee camp you can possibly think about that was on that coast, we probably lived through there, right? And so we made it here in 99, and it's so crazy. My family fought so hard You're gonna make to me give cry. us. I know. <laughs> I was trying not to even get there. I get so emotional it's like funny. every time. This is a really important I, part of who you are. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Um, and so we fought really hard to get here. And I we got here. I was in high school, close to graduation, and 9-11 happened. And I thought about the soldiers that helped us out Mm. and how important it was. 
And I said, I'm going to join. And my family lost their mind. They're like, we spent so long, 10 years, trying to get you out of a war zone. Right. And you're going to go right back in. <laughs> right. Right. And so I said, oh, no, they're going to send me to Hawaii. I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> I was 100% lying. Um, I joined at 18. As soon as I graduated, I joined. My first assignment was Texas. Mm. And they were deploying within four months. Mm. And I found myself in Iraq as an 18-year-old, but helping, you know. And it was just, it was so important for me to do. And I look back on that, and that's why I'm having a hard time leaving the Army. Yeah. I can leave if I want to. We're doing really well. Yeah. (laughs) But the mission the Army does and the mission they do on a daily basis, it's not all about killing and most people don't see a lot of what the army does on a human level Mm -hmm. right if it wasn't for the military if it wasn't for the united nations or just the the uniform people that were on the ground creating safe passages for us to get through one country to the next i don't think we would have made it and so my last assignment in turkey i was there doing the earthquake it was so important to be on the ground. And so, yeah, that's why I'm having a hard time. But yeah. no one's ever asked me this question. Now yeah. I'm crying. So. Well, I think, you uh, know, everybody has such yeah. a, a story, whether it's, you know, a, a really in-depth, made you who you are, yeah. you know, in this really big way like yours is. Or it's yeah. like, you know, my parents were... You know, we grew up really hard and we couldn't we yeah. didn't have food all the time. You know, some everybody There's has something. something that shaped us. Yeah. And when you go through things and hardships and you are exposed to so much with your developing brain, you take things away from that that allow you to either be successful or 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 not. not. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so many people don't make it out of that cusp. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but yeah, what's, you know, funny is a lot of people see a lot of military people, especially a lot of the, the men and, you know, within, our community, we have tons of special operations mm-hmm. and you see them as these like big, big tough macho, guys tough, that sure. do all this stuff. They and, are human. And they are the most sensitive, yeah, the loving, most caring people, <laughs> caring people. I have one at home. <laughs> I know. I know. Me they too. really are. And I'm like, you are so much more sensitive. Than they me. really are. <laughs> they really are. They know it takes a lot to be strong. And if you want to be in that space where it's human and human and you can care for someone, you have Mm -hmm. to survive. And so they develop those skills. But at the end of the day, they're just caring people who want to put themselves in harm way to save another human. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And like my husband explains, having to emotionally detach in order to do that. Yeah. Because he's like, I can't let my emotions get in the way when I'm doing this in yeah. order to mm-hmm. <laughs> respond you appropriately. Can't, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. But then you guys have to carry that burden yeah. and deal with it at some point, yeah. which, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. No, because, thank you. And I thought we were going to talk coffee. We are. <laughs> but that, but that plays yeah. into why you chose this type of culture. Yeah. You chose a, not just a regular coffee shop. Yeah. Right. You yeah. chose one focused on community, focused mm-hmm. on caring, yeah. and why you're taking care of your staff as well. Yep, yep. So. And you guys will see the Ukraine effort out there. They send aid to Ukraine every day. They'll be out there for our grand opening, and we'll be donating any food items, bring it out, and they will 
They will use all of that. So there's a lot more than just serving coffee every day. It was 2020. You, I'm sure you remember 2020. <laughs> um, so my husband and I just got married over Zoom. And with military life, he wasn't supposed to travel. We couldn't keep our date. But like you guys were together, you and your yes. husband, but oh, everyone else was okay, on Zoom. Was, yeah, yeah, I, know, I, I could like, see how that could be like, uh, <laughs> like he, he was, was somewhere else no, and you no, were no. somewhere else. I know. Okay. Luckily, you. the two of Got you it. were yes. together. Okay. Yeah. So kiss, we were together. Kiss the, the camera. It was yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. We got married in our living room. We had our first dance in our dining room Aww. and I worked with the florist. We set it all up. Um, but we really wanted to honor that we were getting married because we had military orders that we'd be going to Japan. So I needed a health appointment in order for us to go overseas. And in that health appointment, I asked about birth control, which led to the doctor saying, you know, let me look at your chart. You were at the gyno a year and a half ago. You're 28. We'll just do the path and get you on your way. And the nurse in the room was so kind and already that day she was making my day just with her kindness and you could tell that she loved what she did. And when the doctor walked out of the room, she questioned it. And when she said, so you're not doing the breast exam, I said, because you said it, let's do it. And that was the day, August 26th, that the lump was found. Um, Again, fast forward and... I had another doctor's appointment where they were able to tell that it was 3.6 centimeters. That doctor also told me, you're 28. It looks mostly benign. We could wait six months. Something in my gut was saying, keep going. So I asked, I was like, I could just sit in the hallway if you want. Like we can biopsy this thing today if you want. But I was so not a worry, not a priority that it took another week or week and a half I went in for that appointment. And on their side, not on your side. Yes. Right. Oh, no, I was willing. I'm like, I'll sleep over. You just let me know when you have an opening. Um, And then I went in for another appointment, did all my research, came in, was like asking questions, was so proud of myself. This was now the biopsy appointment. And that doctor laughed. And he said, you're 28. You really don't need to worry. We're just ruling this out. And... You know, lo and behold, September 15th, my world changed when I got the call that it was breast cancer. Um, And then a few weeks later, we found out that it was triple negative breast cancer, which I raise awareness now for triple negative. It's a rare type of breast cancer, but it's aggressive and it's known for happening in young women and women of color. And sometimes even in October, we just think pink, but it's Mm -hmm. so many different subtypes of breast cancer and things that we don't always think about. Well, yeah. And you just don't know if you don't know, right? I have not had that much exposure to people with breast cancer. Um, my, my maternal grandmother had a single mastectomy at 92, right? Uh, you know, it's like, she was very old. (laughs) You could have cancer anywhere. Right. So it was never really a worry of, oh, it's genetic. My mother is 72 and is, super healthy. I knock on wood. She does not look 72. That's what happens when you take care of yourself and you are active and you are social and you have good relationships and you eat healthy, you know, you you take care of yourself. Yeah. So I can only hope to be like that. But I, um, you know, few friends in our community, but I've never, um, had it impact me enough to be like, Oh, what is the difference between triple negative or, um, you know, so hearing that at 
Kim's event when you spoke and then talking to a few people there who are going through treatment and have been through treatment to hear like, oh no, this one is different for this. And now you had to have a, not you, but you know, this person talking to me, it, you know, has to be on hormone blockers because hers was driven by estrogen and how that completely changes your body composition. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, there's so much to think about. Yep. So my, did that doctor that laughed at you, was that the one that called you to tell you? No. Uh, the doctor, the first doctor that told me I didn't need the breast exam, she was the one that called and told me. Was mm-hmm. that your primary physician? At that time. Yeah. I'm really bad with primaries. I am <laughs> Even too. now, because I see my oncology team so often sure. now. That's how I've been. It's like I see my gynecology team so often. I'm like, oh, I check everything else. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, and did she apologize or how did she I don't she think she apologized. She, so when she called me, she told me two things. She said, your pap was irregular and you have breast cancer. So immediately, like, the world stopped, and I'm thinking the worst-case scenario. Um, And she said, but we don't know what type of breast cancer yet, and that was really when I learned that there were different types. Right. So what do you mean? Yeah, so they look at three main receptors for breast cancer, your estrogen, your progesterone, the hormones, and then a protein, HER2. So I'm feverishly writing everything down. And even the HER2, I look back in my notes, and I'm like, who is her? Who is she? Like, I just... It's just a whole new vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So I don't really remember her apologizing to me. However, the male doctor who did my biopsy, he called me in and he brought my husband in and apologized to us both. And he said he was changing the way he was looking at young women. Wow. Wow. That's a really big thing, especially, you know, from the male side right? To offer an apology. Yes. And not only an apology, but then this is how I'm going to move forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Which it, that was just amazing. That, yeah. That means more that than just the apology mm-hmm. on its own that like, I'm going to now change. Yeah. And so, then the middle. <clears throat> we both happening? have it. <laughs> Wait, let me get my sexy voice. <laughs> yes, it's your October voice. <laughs> the middle doctor has since retired because I was ready to talk to her too. After, sure. You know, that mostly benign. And, you know, you just wonder if it wasn't that doctor, who else might have looked at it yes. and said, no, we need to get you seen right away. Right. The fact that she recommended six months, I was thinking we're going to be on an island in Japan, you know, that right. can't happen. Yeah. I'm not going there with this 3.6 centimeter lump. That's not my extra baggage. Yeah. Also, how often does this happen? Yeah. It makes Where you wonder. Where things are overlooked and then you do find it six months later but you could have been proactive six months prior had somebody, you know, really done their due diligence. Yep. Right. And that's you. I, I hope everybody can, all these doctors can realize, well, you're trying to make me feel better in this situation. Oh, I'm 28. I, I'm healthy. You know, I, it's probably not breast cancer. You are also completely dismissing the fact that it very well could be breast cancer. Exactly. And it probably came with good intent. They were like, don't freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But you know, that's completely dismissive of what your reality was. Absolutely. Scary. Yeah. Oh, and it wasn't just the doctor. It was everyone, uh-huh. you know, and And that's why now I raise my voice and I share my story because I think it matters. And I'll speak to college groups and student groups 
just so they can learn to be in touch with their body. Again, I don't feel like we talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Only and in October. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as far as like boobs. and Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, doing your um, exam on yourself, yeah. you yeah. know. And it's not that you're going to get breast cancer. It's just that you could. Mm-hmm. And right. let's be aware so that way we could be our own best advocate. Yeah. Yeah. So go back to how you felt. You said you thought worst case scenario, but like what was going through your mind? What did you do? What did you... When you got the phone call. Yeah. So that night was really special um, just because it was a hard time, but I think it set the tone for the rest of how I looked at treatment. And we got the, I got the call. I called my husband who was working out. He came right home and Mm. together we called our families. We called our work teams. And even though our families knew that I was going in for these tests, when we FaceTimed them, a lot of them have since told us they thought we were calling them that we were pregnant. Right. Cause mm-hmm. that's what people do when they're newly married and yeah. And like FaceTiming your family uh-huh. and it was just like a flip on the head. Um, so we called everyone, we called the work teams because now I had all these appointments lined up for the rest of the week. And then we put our phones away and we ordered a delicious dinner and we just decided, you know what we have tonight. We know that we're together. We woke up that morning, not knowing that I had breast cancer, but we're a team. And at that point we didn't know exactly what we were facing, but we knew we were going to face it together. Okay. We'll just sit here and cry. (laughs) Shoot. Let me get the tissues. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And that could have been so different. That would have, I mean, had you not been somewhat resilient in that moment, that could have been a really crappy night. Yes. Which I'm sure you had, right? There were tears. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not that that night there weren't tears, but like that's my teammate. Mm -hmm. And we just got married. We thought we were moving around the world. You know, it was just like, wow, we really just vowed a month ago we were down for any adventure. And this is our newest adventure. (laughs) Okay. Buckle up, babe. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think really it's gratitude for my body and everything that it's brought me through. And it's interesting now um, being pregnant because I gained all this weight with cancer and then that body didn't feel like me. And I, I learned the phrase loving yourself into change. And I feel like that has been at the heart of a lot of my own body journey. So I've loved myself into change and getting myself back to being healthy. And now I'm loving myself and honoring this baby. And again, like, well, what do we need? Maybe we need to stretch. Maybe we need to not do a HIIT workout. I learned that the hard way recently. (laughs) Um, But I think really keeping that at the center of self-love And cancer taught me how beautiful, maybe it didn't teach me, it reminded me how precious life is. Mm. And I was always the picture taker when I was like going to events or with my friends. But even now, you know, so many times as women, we don't want to be in the photo if we're not done. And I hear this a lot with moms. I'll tell you in a few months. Yeah. <laughs> Follow back up with But, this. you know, like when I felt like a boy, my hair's growing back, I'm heavier. I still want to be in that photo because I am so grateful that we have this precious time together and we are sharing this precious life. Yeah. And I think coming back to that grounding reminder that life is precious and that you can love yourself and to change, you can love yourself for who you are and everything that you've been through. That's a great way just to kind of snap back from 
oh, I'm not this enough or I'm not that or what's wrong with this. Mm-hmm. Again, with families, life going on, it it's hard. It is. It's right? very hard. Yeah. So. so are you still out of the gym? As of right now. So come September, Layla's going to go back to preschool. Okay. So we're almost in the maintenance phase. Okay. Oh, um, we've gone through eight long months of yeah. immune system up, immune system down. You have a fever. Let's go to the hospital. Let's go to the ER. Um, weekly chemo treatments, chemo at home, accessing her port at home, deaccessing her port at home. It's a whole, it's, it's a lot. It's a full-time job yeah. to take mm. care of, of someone whose immune system is just physically, emotionally. Terrible. Yes. So, um, but I've gotten to bring her a couple times to the Monday meeting. She was in there this past Monday and what's great, the staff cleaned the lobby. They sanitized everything before she got there. And Robin said, Addie still has a cough. And I said, I know. That's why I'm going in first. I'll let you know when we leave so then she could come in. So everyone's very mindful of Mm -hmm. our situation. But I'm still trying to be there and be a face at my gym because I miss it. Like seeing all these pictures from camp, I just like shedding a tear. So I was like, camp is so fun. Like I want to be there. And I want to be able to bring my kids freely and not have to worry, are you going to get sick? And we're going to have to go back to the hospital right what price am i willing (laughs) to pay exactly well exactly and and that is a whole nother like topic and situation i mean i can't imagine also balancing having other children and like making sure they get as much attention but you're still trying to do this making sure your husband gets as much attention Mm -hmm. and you know depending on his personality because when we were going through stuff when i was in the hospital for nine weeks and before that i lost twins And like, I was physically drained. I could not mom as well. I could not wife as well, but it was like, he still needed me, but I was coping with stuff. So I can't imagine you as a mom, like, wow. Yeah. It's It's, a lot. It is a lot. It is. We've learned, we've learned how to balance things. Um, We have family coming into town Mm -hmm. tomorrow. For a week, so it's exciting that you know if if we needed help, my parents would be here in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um. So I know we have help. Um. You know, we, I've we've had neighbors reach out. What do you need from us? We've had people like, hey, can you pick Xander up from school? We're going to be later at the hospital, or oh, we're not coming home <laughs> yeah. today. Can someone take Xander? Mm-hmm. Um. Robin was actually there the very the day we got called to the hospital, and I just remember sitting there hugging everybody and my neighbor. Robin was there. We're packing our bags. The power came back on after uh, the substation was shot up. Oh my gosh. So it went through, it was just a week. So we're got a call from the hospital. You need to come. Something's wrong with her blood work. Um, so Robin's like, I'm running. I'm on my way over to your house right now. We're packing a bag. The power comes on. We're like, what good thing? This is great. So, um, but knowing that she had our back, she had Xander how many days just letting him be a normal child because he didn't know what was going on yet. Yeah. Um, and we were in the hospital for a week. So it was hard, but it just goes to show she's not just a business partner to me. She's yeah. a very good friend. Yeah. Which very is. Sp- we were like, well, let's just wait to get pregnant. We're older, but let's just wait to get pregnant till we get married. So like, we're like, all right, let's go. It's baby time. And then things started getting really weird in terms of my cycles. Um, and so we tried naturally for a few months and then was like, oh, 
I've been here for a year. I haven't been to the OBGYN. I don't have one. Like, let's just find one and go. And so she was super sweet and like, listen to me, which I feel like this number one thing I always tell women is advocate for yourself. If you don't like the answer they gave you of like, you just need birth control. Or, um, I had doctors keep telling me, just go on the pellet. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, A, I don't want to put something in my butt. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. I don't want like an injection. And, and two, no. I don't, I just, I knew enough to know like that was a no for me. Well, yeah. And trusting your intuition. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like if something is off, dive into that a little bit to figure out like, why is this off right now? Right. Yeah. Like, you know? why do I not feel good about this? Yeah. And then get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. So we were sent to that fertility clinic and I just remember it wasn't, her presentation was kind of horrible. Like just didn't know me. And I was like, well, if you want to have kids, you need an egg donor. And I just was like. Hi, I've I'm wanted, Jenny and I'm yeah. a human. Yeah, right? <laughs> with feelings right. and want to be a mom. Yeah, I've wanted to be a mom my whole life. I've always <sighs> worked with kids. And so I remember getting off that call and just like crying. And my husband's like, we're going to, he's like Mr. Like holistic, like we're going to find another way. So we found um, through listening to podcasts, um, a gal, her name is Dr. Cleopatra, which I just love that yep. that's her name. <laughs> that's so great. Um, and she has the um, Fertility and Pregnancy Institute. And so she, when she's been interviewed by Oprah, wow. she's, she knows her stuff. She's yeah. a scientist. And so we did her online course for four months and it takes you through mindset, fears that you might have, um, your goals, like, do you even really want to be a parent or is this just something you thought you were supposed to do? So she walks you through Ooh. all of it. And then there's, um, and it's all modules and stuff that you're watching. And then it's like, again, it was like the weird stuff, like coffee enemas and castor oil packs and, um, take like all whole foods based, uh, different supplements that I needed to take. So it was like a full-time job. I'm curious. Do they talk about alcohol during that whole process? Bye-bye. Yeah. Buy alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for her, and she was like one end extreme. And I find myself, my personality, I can like go extreme if I have to. So sure. I was like all in. But after four months, I was like, <laughs> this, and not just the alcohol part, but yeah. just like everything. It was a full time job of just hours a day of like doing these practices and, and doing what I could. And the whole point was your eggs take about 90 days to maturation. So like the egg that you are releasing this month started three months ago. And so her whole goal is like, let's optimize your eggs, but let's, let's wait. So we weren't really allowed to try. She said, just don't try for four months and go through this process. So is that like you're abstinent or no, you're just, just pretend? Okay. You're just careful. I just can't imagine like, so no sex yeah. for three months. <laughs> I mean, if we didn't love other. each other. Yeah. That's right. But yeah. No. So okay. it was just being careful. Um, and, but I would imagine that also brings just like the fun back into it instead of like, we are trying to have a baby. Yes. You know, yeah. where you can and, just be like, okay. Yeah. And we hadn't really, I hadn't really learned about natural family planning. So I wasn't like tracking my cycle. There really wasn't cycles to track. Yeah. Um, it, we finished her program and then we started trying again. And again, then it's like every month, like I still hadn't gotten a period at this part. I was still like not cycling regularly. And I'm like, I have done all the things like what else? That's when we went to reply OBGYN. And I was like, I want to see inside my body. Give mm -hmm. me the blood work. I want to know what's going on. And they do labs like multiple phases in your cycle because they know what your estrogen should be in your follicular phase versus ovulatory versus, and they can tell you like, oh, you ovulated. 
um, or no, you did not. And so first it was just like, let's get the blood work. And so again, we went on a trip to Jamaica last December and I'm like supposed to be limiting alcohol, trying, you know, tracking my cycle. And I'm like, it's an all-inclusive resort. This is like, I'm counting my drinks to try and like stay within because certain medications that optimized my egg quality would make me nauseous and sick if I like had too much carbs or, or alcohol. So it was like this balance of like, I want to live my life, but like, I really want a baby. Mm -hmm. So we did the best we could. Um, and again, every month, I mean, like just the, the crying, like it was just heart wrenching every single period. And I, and I, I do share my story because I don't feel like there are enough of women that I'd heard from who had been through this until I started seeking it out. And I was, I want women to know like they're not alone. Um, I tell my, I tell everyone, my husband's the most supportive, but I still have never felt so alone in my life because yeah. it's just like this, you have friends who are supportive and they're loving on you. And if, and one more person said to me, just relax, I was going to like punch him in the face yeah. because yeah. I was like Be the furthest thing from relax. It is actually very true that we need to relax our bodies, but telling someone to just relax <laughs> is not going to make them relax. And there's more to it than just like knowing everything that was going on in my body that I, my ovarian reserve, I think the average level of your AMH is like a two to a four. And mine was in January of 2022, 0.085. Oh. And then in August of that year, it was 0 0.015. So, so we knew like direction. there were like months left and so even that, you know, like I've, I have these blue eyes and I've always just imagined, like even my uncle in our wedding book was like, can't wait to meet your blue eyed babies. And it was just, it's like those little things of like, you hold on to the things that you think are so important. Mm -hmm. um, and people say stuff so innocently, but they right. don't realize the impact it makes. Of well, course. Great intentions. Right. right. They're your friends. They yeah. care about you. And they're like, oh, we want your babies to look like you. That's great. But what would you have liked to have heard? Um, well, he said that before we knew we were going through things, but yeah, I yeah, think when people, something. again, don't say just relax, but it's almost just like listening. Like, what do you need right now? Like, like, do you need me to bring you a meal? You know, do you need, um, just someone to vent to, or do you need someone to distract you? Like every woman's going to handle it differently. Sometimes I just needed to like be allowed to cry. And I was like, I love watching sad movies. Cause I'm like, Oh, just get it out. Right. Just like get it out of my system. And then release. Yeah. That's like why we I cried needed to, to like, like let, it, let out. it go. Yeah. There's so much, I think grief is like, it's this, this heaviness of like, okay, I'm healthy. I've got a husband who loves me. I love what I do for a living. I've got a good group of friends. And yet there's this hole in my heart that just feels like it's something is missing. Like, I mean, before I met my husband, I remember I was like considering just doing it on my own. I was 30 six. And I was like, never would have thought about it. But like my arms ached to hold my baby, like the mm -hmm. ache and that, like, am I ever going to meet my person? And then I met him shortly after that. So again, I stopped. So you weren't married before? No. Oh, he's no. like, we he's, are both, he's the one, both of us have never been married before. Didn't have kids. Wow. We're like the little unicorns wow. yeah. <laughs> who like met up finally. Yeah. But so for us, it was like, again, we just never thought that it would be an issue. We got him tested and things were fine with him, you know? So part of me was like super glad that nothing was wrong with him. And at the same time, part of me was like angry at him for a moment of right. like, right. Oh. can it be something be wrong with you too? Like, yeah. why does this feel like it's on my shoulders? Yeah. 
And and then when I remember I went in, they were they gave me some ovulation induction meds in January to like so I could get an ultrasound to see like how many follicles do you have. And if you've ever been to an ultrasound clinic, they are not allowed to tell you anything they see. It's mm-hmm. just they like report it to your doctor. Right. But my physician asked specifically, tell them to tell you the number of follicles and the size. And so I had to kind of argue with them, first of all, to like, because her note didn't get to them for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, you're like, no, 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 my doctor said. <laughs> because it was like, if it was at a certain point, then it was like, try. You're like, this is your prime time. Like, I need to not wait till Monday for right. them to be like, oh, we missed our window. Right, right. It's like 24 hours. Right. Go so time. they, both different times, they had to tell me like, there are no follicles. And I remember like it was in Fayetteville. So like crying the whole me, just like ugly crying the whole way home, putting on worship music, just like sobbing my eyes out. Like I got to see, but like just, you know, and then coming home and having that moment with my husband. Cause that's when it hit of like, okay, this is really the end of this journey. And I mean, we spent thousands of dollars at this point, years of time. So there's like, there's regret there's, and yeah, I don't want to live in that, but all of the emotions, to now coming full of like, which route do we go? Do we go egg donor? Um, do we go adoption? Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. And then now we're diving into those. No, that's that's like four times the amount we've already spent. And so it's just like the con. There's just these stressors that build. Um, How do you deal with all that? Oh, I've done it. Learned to meditate a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, the busy generator in me has learned to stop and take breaks like I'll do grounding I'll walk around outside um, barefoot just to like ground myself to the earth and like just kind of take a moment to come down playing with our animals Um, I actually started nannying for a family this January because I was like and I said an infant like I do not want any I want like a baby um, cause I'm learning a lot too. I'm like, Oh yeah, I had some preconceived notions that just got squashed, <laughs> but that's good. Like I was like, okay, I'm learning. And I get to like love on a baby and help a family out. And, and yet that also has had its challenges too. Like mm-hmm. there are moments where I'm like, okay, but then I just hold the baby and like, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, everything's mm-hmm. going to be fine for this moment. So we've had a few, we've had many quotes about just like business or things that elicited emotion. We cry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to look back on just a few of the quotes that sat with us and really made an impact. Right. So many people, you know, all of us have been through so much in our lives and hearing those stories and people come up with mottos or, you know, words that help um, inspire them. And so I'd write down all these little quotes. I'm like, Ooh, I love that. And you yeah. remember that. Yeah. So thank you all for sharing your wisdom and we hope you enjoy, um, these special quotes. The more I give away, the more I receive, mm. whether that's biblical, you know, or anything else, but it really is that way. And even if it doesn't feel like it, um, being generous or, you know, whether it's money or not, um, has always seemed to serve us on the back end somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that that has contributed to your enormous success in such a short time span? I hope so. I think it really all boils down to always doing the right thing. Mm. And whether that's, um, 
trying to find a good example. It's like sometimes you'll have a situation, especially starting out where we were selling houses that were like a hundred thousand dollars in more rural areas because we couldn't get in with like the big dogs in our beautiful Moore County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this was Laurenburg or Richmond County. And these houses are much lower price points and the people buying them don't have an abundance of extra cash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the home inspection comes up and there's some massive repair that needs to be taken care of. And the sellers don't have the money to pay for it. The buyers are, and to get these things to work, um, Wesley at the time when it was really just him, would just shave off his commission. Sometimes mm-hmm. we do this stuff ultimately for free. and But it got it done, and it got these people who this was, you know, almost impossible to buy a house, to get their family into a house. And these things that are, you know, oh, I lost my $2,000 commission on this. I'm still going to eat at the end of the day. Right. My family is always going to have a roof over their head. But these guys are sometimes touch and go. And it was such an enormous difference in their life for me to eat 2K. That's easy. That's a no-brainer. But for some people, they only look at the bottom line or the numbers involved. And it dramatically sways how some of these things pan out. Mm -hmm. So if I can, you know, and that's part of leaving Keller Williams to open our own um, firm was that we could manipulate whatever we wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the mortgage side. So if, you know, we're up against somebody else, we can negotiate on, you know, commissions and everything else to get it to work for whoever we're working with. That you really, everyone says you learn from your mistakes, but really you learn from reflection Mm. and just really taking a step back, like you said, and reflecting on how different could this have gone? What could I have done better? Not that you made a mistake. Like, are there really mistakes? Right. (laughs) I mean, there are. Yeah. But if you learn from them, yeah. then great. It's when you mess up a bajillion yeah. times and you continue to do the same thing that it's a problem. It, and it does a disservice to the person that you have contention with to try and handle it right then too. So like we've trained, we have a script, we give our staff, if anybody's upset to be like, mm-hmm. I can tell you're upset. I hear you. We are going to take care of this. I will have somebody contact you tomorrow. That gives them time to no longer react to think through it. And then by the time I call them, most of the time they're calmed down and they'll be like, I'm sorry, I overreacted. And they realize like they're overreacting. But if I get on the phone right then, I'm getting them at their peak. Mm -hmm. And I love that during that time. That is such great advice. Yeah. Stolen. Stolen. Take it. (laughs) Add it to the handbook tonight. (laughs) Add it. Add it. Please do. And that is just, I mean, that's just something that we do. And I even do that. Because I also want to set the boundary, you know, if somebody emails me directly, and I'm like, I hear you and I care about this. I'm with my family at this time and I will be glad to call you tomorrow. And your emergency is not necessarily my emergency. Right. I'm like, I am not a surgeon. (laughs) But you saying even I'm with my family, I'm honoring my time with them, humanizes you Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. probably calms them down. A significant level. Yeah. All oh, right. She has a family. Oh, that's she's a person. This girl is yeah. not a robot working in her office. No, no. I think we all know that your value does not come from what you do. It cannot, right? Um, because I'm an Enneagram three, so actually, so actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my hard balancing right? act of like, no, you are not mm, your achievements. No, because guess what? It sounds harsh, but like, 
if you were in a coma and you like didn't give anything to society, you still hold value based mm-hmm. on who you are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and whose you are. You are God's child. That's why you hold value. So at the end of the day, like I, I am trying to like punch that into people's brains because I'm like, it doesn't matter if you're shredded or if you're overweight or if you're a teacher or if you're a stay at home mom, it does not matter. Or if you are struggling through infertility and your body's not doing what you want it to do, yeah. or you're a professional athlete and you lost a game, and even on that end of the spectrum, your body's not doing what it wants to do, right. what you want it to do. It doesn't matter. We cannot place our value in what we're doing yeah. or how we look because we will continually fall short. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Last, <laughs> you get to hear what idiots we are. <laughs> It's pretty fitting. Listen, we are not idiots. <laughs> we not idiots. just sometimes say ridiculous <laughs> things. Okay. Silly. We're like silly 13 year olds. Sometimes. Oh my gosh. We're like touching. <laughs> are, do, are you laughing because I said touching? Oh my gosh. We're so dumb. Okay. Maybe we are idiots. Um, yeah, do you ever grow up though? Like that's a thing, right? Yeah. I'm like, when do you feel like you're a grown up? I don't know, but here I, we are. It makes it way more fun. So enjoy some of our bloopers. <laughs> we know that you're going to enjoy her story and um, it really is a touching story. <laughs> what? Is it because I said the word touching with my voice like that? because you said you will enjoy her story it's a touching story (laughs) well damn it (laughs) anyways you thought it was because you said touching in that voice i'm not that pervy (laughs) we're sorry laurel oh my gosh this is us this is us this is what's happening I'm Caitlin. Hurry, <laughs> <laughs> stop. Oh, stop. You can't see it. There's nothing more appropriate today, right? <laughs> <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have to block that. You're just going to have to edit that out. Oh, is that okay? Yeah. Or- It'd be easier if you just stopped it. Get going and... Did you put the thing in? Is that other thing? Oh, do you think we should reformat? It was like seven years ago, my son had a vaccine reaction. And so I started reading about all of that. And they're like, oh, he probably has the gene for MTHFR, which I thought thought it stood for mother mother effort. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, (laughs) That's what I thought, too. I was like, well, maybe he is one, but I don't know. (laughs) He's only six months old. Uh, (laughs) Little stinker. He does keep me awake at night. (laughs) We normally plan who's going to say what, though. Like, who's going to start? Do you want me to read that? I'll 